0: everybody and welcome to a correctional wild ride with Stevo. this episode is killer we've got james allen jr who was on death row for years three years then he got his sentence commuted to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Then he got that sentence commuted to life with the possibility of parole. So he can speak to what it was like to be on death row, what it was like to be in regular prison general population and what it's like to be to be free. I mean, this is the wildest of wild rides, man. Wow, is this epic. Let's get into it. If, uh, if you want any of that, Okay. (laughs) We bought it, we were like, whoa,
1: fuck, why didn't we do that? Already, wait a minute, I got more lives than a cat, so why would I do liquid death?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a a company that I really believe in, I'm an ambassador of it. Okay. The idea is death to plastic.
1: Is it actually water?
0: It's still water from the Alps. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, former death row inmate, James Allen Jr. Mm -hmm. Good to meet
1: you. (laughs) You too, (laughs) Steve-o. All right,
0: so this is interesting, and it came about when I recently went on quite a rant about the death penalty, how it's uh, incredibly expensive with all the appeals that you gotta go through to execute somebody. Mm -hmm. By the time you've executed a prisoner, you've spent, I thought it was 10 times the amount that it would cost to keep them alive for the rest of their natural life, but I've learned it's more like two to three times, still making it pretty dumb. And uh, I've got all kinds of thoughts about the death penalty just being stupid. And we threw out the idea, wouldn't it be cool to interview a death row inmate and we got all kinds of responses, and somebody said, what do you think about a guy who was on death row, then got his, well, you you, you <laughs> yeah. tell us. What, what's the, the your your career with uh, correctional facilities?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let me just say I'm uh, ecstatic being here today, and it's good to meet the famous Steve-O. Well, <laughs> you know, thank you. Jackass. <laughs> so, um, you know, mine is a unique experience. Um, growing up here in Nevada, and, in Las Vegas um, in one of the poorest areas of, of, the, of the town and you know I had a father and a mother but uh, like most marriages theirs didn't last so now I'm stuck with a single mother and she's trying to raise two boys that are <laughs> gun-ho you know so uh, she was a Christian and she drug us to church and made us sing in the choir and you know uh, my mother was a singer and uh, she's still living um she's um she's a big part of the reason why i'm uh, I'm here today and my freedom exists um my mom is a pioneer she uh struggled in the seventies and she also did a little time for murder so you can see where her son grows up and end up on death row for murder so but hers were was a case of um, domestic violence and she ended up with a second degree type murder okay. deal and she did a little probation but anyway um uh, growing up here on the streets of las vegas wow you know i can remember the eras of the Molong rouge he has a little 12 13 year old kid trying to get up in there <laughs>
0: did you find <laughs> so, yourself in jail or prison before the murder
1: well you know, I was, my juvenile life was um, pretty normal, you know, fights here and there, curfew. She would have to come down and get me, but as I got older and uh, my fascination with guns and, you know, being associated with gangs and of that nature and, you know, the pimps and the hustlers, these are my type of people, man, you know, so. And that's right, you,
0: the, the murder was when you were 17?
1: yes. Um, I was pretty good at what they call catwalking. Had an older guy, older OG, a guy from the neighborhood, and he was pretty good at what he does. Okay, I don't know what catwalking is. Well, catwalking is like, um, you're knocking on, you, you go into a strange neighborhood, and it's not a burglary because you're hoping to catch someone there so you can do the robbery and the burglary. You know, it's like a two two in one catch, you know. So that so, sounds more like a home invasion. Yes, that's what they okay, call good. it a home invasion now. Yes, that's what they're that's related. a that's a serious yes. crime. Mhm. And back well back then they looked at it as a real serious crime and like I said, I was the I was the first one to receive the death sentence when that law came in effect in Nevada.
0: Okay, yeah, so, so 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 your your murder happened during a home invasion, is that?
1: Yes. Yes. It was a home invasion. Uh, Me and the older guy, um, we went and I was strapped with a gun and uh, the homeowner was there and he suddenly woke up and he heard noise. He grabbed his gun. And when he came around the corner with his gun, I didn't give him a chance. You know, I fired and uh, I fired two shots. And lo and behold, in the darkness, I mean, pure black darkness, this guy got hit right between the eyes. And, you know, that didn't hit me until later on in, you know, my adult year as a as a kid. You know, that didn't really ring out to me how uh, one shot could take a person's life when, you know, I just really just shot, you know. So but anyway, that landed me a first degree murder uh, with burglary. And right.
0: I got to believe that with the home invasion happening uh, at the time, that that's even an aggravated first degree murder, if that if that's a
1: thing. Yeah. Well, they never they never put anything on the table but capital offense. Right. Murder. So it was either going to be life without or the death penalty. Right.
0: OK. Um, I, I'm, I'm really interested because I pay attention to a lot of true crime stuff. And I, I see all the time that murderers will do anything to avoid the death penalty. They'll mm. take that plea bargain just so to get death penalty off the table. Right. Was that an option for you at the time?
1: Well, I had a couple, um, a couple of crafty attorneys, and they were state-appointed attorneys. So they kind of laid the law down. You're young. This DA is really seeking this death sentence. You know, he's pushing to be governor one day and you know, lo and behold, the guy becomes governor. But anyway, um, it's like uh, he said, you're either going to accept the rest of your life in prison or this state is going to try and execute you. And he goes, executing you, they may not do. It's, 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 it's very expensive, James. And this is a tourism type of town and they don't want to be known for executing a teenager or a youngster you know wow so he goes uh i'm gonna fight like hell but um it's on the table life without and my mom by her doing time before she's no even though i know my son did this but no not life without in prison so we'll take our chances in trial got it and that's how i ended up in trial And I went in front of a, a, like, a senior citizen jury, you know, I'm looking like, all of these old people are my, my peers, you know, (laughs) and it was, you know, uh, it was so um, dramatic in the courtroom, uh, shouting, crying, you know, uh, the victim's family over here, and you got their side of it, and I'm understanding that, you know, Uh, then you got my side of the family, and I mean, my mom was a soldier. She, she walked around that county jail at night. After she come and visit me, she would literally walk around the county jail and get people to walk with her, you know, to free James Allen. They're going to wow. give my son a death sentence. Yeah.
0: So when you went to trial, were, were you, uh, did you plead not guilty and you were trying to get
1: acquitted? Well, I'll tell you what. I was interrogated for like 16, almost 17 hours by two, de- two detectives because they really wanted my co-defendant, you know, he was the bigger fish,
2: the older you know, even guy. though I,
1: I'm, you know, I, I'm facing charges of, of murder, but they wanted him, they've been looking for this, you know, this guy's a seasonal vet, he's a career criminal, you know, he's he stung for big money in this town, and so we all kind of looked up to this guy as being the OG of the neighborhood, you know, so... Uh, they interrogated me like six, sixteen hours, and they're they're constantly telling me, "You're gonna get the death penalty, man. You better." We know this guy's your co-defendant. You know, we know he's, and I wouldn't give him up. You know, I wouldn't give them a name. Code but, of the street huh? time, but, but I tell you what, they they got my mom on the phone. Yes, the code of the streets. Oh, you don't tell. You know, snitch, snitches get <laughs> snitches. But. uh um, so they call my mom and she's on the phone and it's like a conference call and she goes, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I know my son is guilty, but he's not guilty as the guy you guys are looking for. See, mom is trying to sway it, you know, she's really trying to get this, she knows what's ahead of me. And so I make a confession. Yeah, I was there, I uh, orchestrated the whole plot You know uh, I chose the house Uh, I shot the gun yeah yeah I did the fatal shot yeah everything and the detectives go they weren't happy with that you know they wanted the co-defendant may he rest in peace he's dead now but you know I I mean I even talked about him in the book but um, what an experience man and I tell you what after all that I've been through I understand death penalty was it for guys like me a young kid you know ambition uh, ambition out the roof uh, who is it for then? it's for the guy that gives up that look at you me and everyone and say I don't care about you I don't care if you die today and I don't care if it's by these hands that's who it's for okay um I mean, where do you put those type of people that think like that? I mean, is there such a thing as a verse-on-one psychology where you can really go in and a person's belief, you can change their belief in humanity?
0: Now, I'm not doubting or suggesting that there are not... People who just should never be allowed into society ever again. And I also recognize that there's a problem with uh, life in prison not meaning life in prison. I mean, here we're, we're, we're talking to the guy who was on death row, got his sentence commuted to life, and yeah. is now walking
1: the streets. Well, you know what, Steve-O? I think I'm <laughs> the ultimate guinea pig. I was a test, you know? I literally grew up in prison.
0: I, it, evidently, I mean. So, you
1: know.
0: at the trial, you 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 pled not guilty mm-hmm. after they had this confession sixteen hours. Yeah. So the trial probably didn't last too long. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. too much deliberating Maybe going five on. Hours. <laughs> five hours of a trial yeah. or five hours of deliberation.
1: <laughs> the, the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, it was. <laughs> hey, listen. The jail was ready to erupt because you know, uh, I was in jail for over a year. You know, so and I'm mean, before
0: I, the before the, the conviction. Yes. Okay, yeah.
1: And so you're meeting all types of people. Uh, you know, you're young, and
0: they had you in adult jail waiting for trial.
1: Oh yes, they yeah. had me down where it was like eight of us in a secured area, and we were all facing the death penalty. Some of these guys. One guy was his name was Billy. Hanson, and he was considered a serial killer. Real nice guy though, (laughs) and and he was the only guy had a guitar that I ever seen with a hollow guitar in in in, in jail. But they catered to this guy, and you know, and he he had a real charming personality. Did he get the death penalty? No.
0: The serial Um, killer did not get the death penalty. Joe Joe Koza
1: another one. He killed a taxi driver and the um, the passenger. Did he get the death penalty? No. He's got, I was the only one, Tony. I can just name guys whose trial was lined up right, just right after the mind. And I was the only one to get the death penalty. Um,
0: um, well, maybe those other guys took the plea to get the death penalty off the table. Maybe they no, didn't do the, no, the trial. No, okay. like. they
1: were at trial. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know, a couple of them got overflowed to another courtroom and. But wow. it was just uh, kind of different that I received the death sentence and I was the youngest one because right. a couple of these guys were career criminals. And
0: I wonder if your are not snitching had anything to do with that.
1: You know, uh, I went for hard and I didn't, you know, I had some OGs to get to me early. They say, don't get all tatted up, don't get a sleeve. They don't need, the, you know, it's gonna be hard, dude. So one day you may have a chance of going on. They gave you life without. You may go home one day, laws are changing, you know? So I kept myself kind of clean cut and I went through, you know, but um, back to that question with the guys on death row that deserve it. You know, when your neighbor is a dude that just killed a girl, you know, little 12 year old girl, slit her throat, yeah you know you know discaffetated her body and just burnt parts of her you know right. put her in a shallow grave and you know this is my neighbor so it was hard for me to come out doing a wreck period on death row and not try to kill this guy what's you a know, wreck oh, a wreck period I can a recreation it. period right 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 you know and there was ways back in the day Death Row wasn't very secure like it is up at Ely, Nevada, you know. Right. Back in Carson City, the old Death Row, and I was allowed to go back there uh, a year ago. And I it was scary. Well, to, to they let me the into people. the chamber. No, I went back on Death. This prison is is closed. And the Art Society and the uh, Nevada Prison Society are getting ready to do a uh, tour like. So, they invited me back and I went through and took a cameraman and finally went in the chamber. You know, this is supposed to be my, I got pictures in my phone. <laughs> wow. Can I, yes.
2: can I ask, when they read the verdict, you know, death, mm-hmm. what goes through your head? I mean, are you just so scared that you're blacking out and you're like?
1: Well, i tell you what, um, you know, as at a young age, I knew that I was different. You know, I wasn't no follower. You know, you couldn't convince me to do nothing at a young age. So. When I took on a leadership role while I was in jail with the other youngsters, you know, uh, every chance up in the law library talking to them and, hey, dude, we destined for prison. You know, we're going. <laughs> we just don't know what our fate is. But um, when they read that verdict, my mother, I heard a wailing sound. Mm. It was my mom. And I never heard her scream like that. And it went through me. And I looked around and these cameras was in the courtroom and, you know, I was the youngest to receive that death sentence at that time. And it was big news, you know, uh, like I said, the true magazine, the detectives, I was in all that series, but it hit me. um, It finally hit me when they chained me up, you know, it wasn't a regular, put your hands behind your back. Now it's my ankles from my ankle to my waist from my waist to here. Wow. And I'm sitting in the back of this uh, Cessna plane by myself with uh, three other people, uh, two guards and a pilot. And they go, well, kid, you're in the safest part of the plane. And I've never been in a plane before, but I was mm. all the way back in the tail. And they said, well, this won't be your death sentence because if we go down, they're trying to build some humor in me or something, get me to laugh or something, you know? But <laughs> Uh, at that moment, it hit me that the seriousness that, okay, I'm going to my uh, demise. This is it. The state is gonna take care of uh, my death. You know. Um, Did you know how long it was gonna happen in or the time period? Well, the attorney was explaining to me, uh, he said, um, we get an automatic appeal, James. Uh, it's a shame that your first execution date it's uh, uh, two days before your 20th birthday. <laughs> yeah, and he said, uh, I go, wow, I won't, I won't make 21? <laughs> and he goes, well, yeah. you're gonna get a stay of execution and if that fails, then we're gonna file to the governor, we're gonna file to the Supreme Court, or the, you know, we're gonna just, it's gonna be delayed. You'll be an old man sitting up here. Because right. Nevada is not gonna do it. He said, but my goal is to get you off. Right, let you live a life in prison. You know, I don't think they ever let you out, James. And that attorney, when he watched me come home after 28 years, he was standing there.
0: Man, where would he be without that lawyer? And as a small business owner, where would I be without Ship Station? That's right, man. If you want to kill it in today's world, you got to have an e commerce business going off. And if you're going to have that, then you have to have ShipStation because with every order, you need to ship it out. And ShipStation gives you discounted prices for like all of your different carriers. Hell, you get up to 88% off of USPS. That's the United States Postal Service and UPS. And if you want to get an even better deal, then go to shipstation.com and use the promo code STEVO for two months of a free trial. I mean, you can't go wrong. <laughs> Plus, this is how we ship everything out of my STEVO online store. It's the savior for my business, like James Allen Jr.'s lawyer, ShipStation is always on my side, and they can be on your side if you go to shipstation.com and use the promo code Stevo. I bid you well to kill it with e-commerce. Now let's get back to it.
1: <laughs> wow, old Frank Crimin, attorney at law. He's still attorney. Yeah, I'm his biggest case man. Uh, he's in the book. And the book is called
0: Not My, not my chair.
1: chair. That I pick not my chair because at that time in the chamber it's two chairs. And you know, it's gas, you know, oh. by lethal injection at that time. You know, they had a bucket under the chair and they had the pellet, it rolls down and it hits the gas and you know Wow. You're gonna <clears throat> die off your vomit your and your so one of the chairs. Is missing. And I found out later where the chair is at. The chair is at the mob museum. When I came home from prison, they found out my story, gave me a job at the mob museum. Next to this chair, it's like being reunited with my demise. Wait a minute. This is the chair that they were supposed to put, and it's at the mob museum. So I have a picture of that too.
0: It wasn't lethal injection. They were talking about gas. I, I, yes. I don't even think I've ever heard gas of chamber, a, a yeah. gas chamber execution. Did, did you, Nevada
1: was one of the last states uh, that, that had that's, Nevada, Utah. That,
2: did you know what the gas entailed? Like, what, like, Were you reading about it for the first time? Like, fuck, this is how I'm going to die?
1: Yeah, you know, I was reading about capsules and acid. and
2: But when do you read about that? Like, what, like, You're on death row, and then you're like, what, what, at what point do you, you're like, okay, well... I guess well
1: the guy that's up coming up which was uh, James Carroll you know I mean it was real everybody was when his time came up and he didn't want to even uh, finish the appeals you know he said let it be and uh, it was just a real eerie feeling just that whole month you know watching him watch how he move and you know his conversation became very short you know this was a a very reliable you know uh, uh, interesting type of guy cuz he had a lot of stories to tell you know old gangster stories and so um, when they was preparing him for the overnight sales well well I got they pulled a joke on me and it was like an initiation because you you dealt with six officers all the time, on death row. So when I got there, uh, I'll get back to those other. Story. But when I got there, uh, they ran. You know, they ran the, the, the gamut down to me. Hey, this is allowed. You're not going to be able to do this. You're on death row. We're going to respect you. You know, but this is our house. You know, and they had no problem coming in. A few times they had to come in and let me know. You know, I was. I don't know. I was being lonely and you know I'm in Carson City you know uh, never been around this much snow in the wintertime and the cows are dumb they're standing out in the snow and I'm my windows facing this farm life and you know I'm just watching reality just leave everyday reality leaves because this is all I have is these people you know up here right. and I made the 12th person at that time so uh, one of the Jesus freak up there he said well you're the 12th disciple
0: Huh. <laughs> Can, let, let's break down the the time you spent on death row. I understand it was three and a half years? Yes. And then you got your sentence commuted to life, life without. without parole. Mm-hmm. And how long were you in prison facing life without parole? 25 after, years. 25 years after mm-hmm. the death penalty. Mm-hmm. So then 25 years and how to how does life without parole turn into your free
1: well um i took the advice of a lot of smart people some of them have you know died and gone on and some are out and they're living productive lives you know but they gave me a lot of advice man um one thing was to never give up on your education you know and i did once i got my ged and little high school diploma and did the little graduation with the Clark County School District Uh, I took some college courses and tried to um, at least come out with an associate but I got disinterested once I got life with the possibility of parole you know uh, I got eager now and I had to really look at myself and go am I really for this world because it's like I was living a make-believe world in here You know, now I'm gonna be free as a man. How far into
0: life without parole did it become life with the possibility of parole? Um, In
1: 2003, the late Governor Kenny Quinn, may rest in peace. He looked at me and goes, "You look tired." He goes, "I'm I'm not an ex-cop. I'm not an ex-judge. I'm not a lawmaker. I'm a businessman." And I think you'd be great Wow I think you'd be great one day in society <clears throat> and you know who echoed that the late senator the late great senator Harry Reid I have a picture with senator. he invited me to Washington and he heard about my story and uh, he sat and talked with my mom and he wrote letters and things uh, concerning my um, um, eligibility rehabilitation well yeah well you know there's a such word as habilitation habilitation means you knew something before the rehabilitation okay if you didn't if you don't know nothing before you rehabilitated well, how are you being rehabilitated all right so it's I had to learn things like that also <clears> but you know uh Steve o it's been a it's been a great experience man. Uh, when, I achieved a lot of accolades while I was in prison uh, I was I, a lot of firsts. I was the first to put a band together uh, coming off of death row and they didn't believe I could do it but I grew up in this town so I started reaching out to people and I was always musically inclined you know so I reached out to several of the outlets and they started sending me used drums used uh, guitars and bass and pianos so I asked the director if I find the inmates that can play these instruments, will you allow us to have a band? Not only did they allow us to have a band, we traveled from prison to prison. Wow. Wow. In this state, (laughs) it don't happen. Off of death row. Off of death
0: row. Yeah, yeah, that's not happening in death row, right?
1: (laughs) I had wardens come in and they bring their guitar and sit in with the jam session. Wow. It's just, I have so many firsts, man. You know, like I said, I'm so proud even though my mom is in dementia and we take care of her, you know, that old lady is taking care of real well, but uh, I wanted her to see the, this part, because she didn't, she don't know about the bug, she didn't, you know, she don't know about me performing and going out talking to the youth and giving back like I do, but uh, she was my biggest fan. And Sounds like it. Wow. What a lady, man. But, when were you freed? I was freed in two thousand and eight. I walked out. Two thousand and eight. Yeah.
2: What What was the first thing you did when you got freed?
1: I kissed the road right in front of the parole. You know, they they drop you off in front of the uh, parole office, parole and probation, because you have to check in and get your ID and stuff. And uh, my mom was there, and. Uh, I didn't even hug her. I just got off the van and they took the chains off and I leaned down and kissed the ground.
2: Did you feel free?
1: Not at first. It, did, it felt like a bed move. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I, you know, ex-convicts, it, you know, we have certain words that we use when I say a bed move. Um, you, they're they're gonna move you from one prison to the next. Maybe this prison is better. This prison yard. So it's a bad move. Better bed move. And it's like, I know that I'm still under scrutiny and and I'm up under a microscope and someone still has authority over me because I can't get visas. I can't leave the country. I, you know,
0: so. Right. Yeah. You, I understand that you have a lifetime supervision yes, while you're out. Lifetime parole. So, what what does that mean?
1: Well. For me, the laws change, and I'm what you consider up under past laws, and they still apply to me. But so you got so grandfathered I can, in on that. Yeah, one. <laughs> so I can still apply for a commutation of sentence or get my sentence commuted, or I can even ask for a determined sentence. Like uh, I could go back to the district court and say, hey, can I go for a sentence uh, modification? And that judge may turn around and say, "Yeah, I give you 10 years, time, sir. Now I'm off parole, and I can, you know, I don't have to seek no one to try and um, own a weapon or anything like that." And on that note, I don't care if I ever own a gun again. Right. Give me a bat. Someone come (laughs) around my house. I'm gonna be your (laughs) old-fashioned butt whooping I'm not gonna kill you. Did you find it hard getting acclimated back into society? Yes. I did. Because um, back in two thousand eight that's like iPhones, computers, laptops. Yes, yes.
2: Yeah, you went back to
1: the future. They gave me a flip phone and all I did was answer. My sister goes, All you have to do is just open it up and when you're done, close it. Wow. <laughs> and she said, That's it. Don't touch nothing, don't <laughs> Wow. So I, I didn't know any numbers. I didn't know how I didn't know how to do anything and thank God I wasn't around for um, the beepers and all that you guys went through yeah, the beeper yeah. and what is the other one? Um Uh, Fax machine, uh, uh, (laughs) email, yeah, and all that. uh, Man, it's it's just you know the IT part of this. Sometimes I can wake up and it feels like I'm on Mars somewhere. Like, right? Look at this out here, man. And I'm, I'm, you know, do I deserve this? You know, I I beat myself up a lot because I understand uh, the value of human life. I understand humanity, man, and we all need each other. And no one has the right. No one has that right to take nobody's life. That's why I say when you get a criminally insane person that don't care, yeah. All right. Yeah.
2: Well, how do you know if somebody's like just faking that?
1: Well, you know, well, let's say in the criminal world, you know, when you got a bunch of convicts, guys that's on a prison yard, everybody's going to find their group. The strong are gonna sit back and just look at everybody through the yard and go, he's an idiot, you know, he's gay, Uh, he's mentally ill. And believe it or not, on that, on that type of uh, evaluation of people, nine times out of 10, they're right. You know, I mean. I don't doubt that.
0: And I would take it a step further to say that I believe in that prison structure that life is a lot more equal to what our DNA is built for it to be. Like probably the, the natural, the primal, like, like early humans hmm. live by that code yeah. more than what's going on in this society that we have now.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, this society better wake up soon and the people they better listen to are the people that have done decades.
0: In, in prison. A, behind a
1: wall, in a shoe program. You know, Pelican Bay, here, High Desert, Ely. You know, you bet. If, if these people make it back to the streets and they say, I wanna serve, you better listen. Because I'm telling you, I was telling lawmakers, I go, this past summer, this summer coming, you're gonna see a wave. And these young kids these high school kids you know I'm talking to football players a good team they're bringing guns to practice so the coach says James can you come talk Wow and I'm talking to this football team <clears throat> you know and these guys are seniors and I go you you waited your whole life to get to the next level the money round and you're here playing games at a high school you know and and it was just high school after high school and now, you know, the news can't report it fast enough. You know, the carjackings are back. You know, the home invasions are back. And these kids, are don't, they don't care. You know why? I watched the school district. And I hate it happen here because I love Vegas. Vegas is my town, man. I mean, you know, um, the school district here, uh, I watched them graduate. Six high schools. Of seniors that are dumb as fuck. Huh. You know why I know? Because I'm their mentor. These are kids that they you send them to a behavior school. Okay, they do a couple of weeks. Now you put them back on a regular schoolyard. And uh, they're walking around. They got monitors, ankle monitors. Because they're facing charges. Whether it's down in juvenile or down in adult, you know. And I know these kids, but you're going to give them a diploma. You're going to let them do the pomp and circumstance with a gown and a ca- and you're going to give them a diploma when he, he can't even tell you who the governor is. He can't even leave his mom, mom, house and go and balance a checkbook, fill out an application. <sighs> He's 18. And they're, you know, they're all together and they got their diplomas and they're taking pictures. I got it right in my phone these these are graduations that i attended and this is how america is it's not just here so i'm not just going to pounce on this state the, but this is how america is and they're releasing these kids and these kids don't give a damn about the jobs that our parents work uh the type of money is coming in they got their own method of doing things their own way and we're lucky enough that they still respect guys like me i can walk it doesn't matter where i go you know uh I can walk in a room and they go. Can you guess this guy's profession? You know, quite natural. I was—I used to be big, real big. So they, well, oh no, no, he's a football player. He's a sports player. Oh, uh, he's a cop. Everything but a criminal. Everything. Why right, you call that's that a professional? Oh, <laughs> <wrong."> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything. But, yeah. Professional, criminal. <laughs> you know. Right. I
0: thought you were gonna say uh, a musician. Feel, it makes
1: me feel good, though. You know. Right. And, okay. Uh, just to be out here, and if I don't tell you. I have been on death row right, I'm just another black guy right walking by <laughs> let, let
0: me ask you about the difference between being on death row and being in general population
1: Well, on death row, you're dealing with you know uh a sec, select group of guys, and everybody got the same sentence so. a smaller number of guys yes, and the respect level is high, you know. I mean
0: Except guy, for you're trying to, you're thinking about killing the one guy,
1: dude. I'm, dude. I'm telling you, it got so serious. One day at wreck time, I went out to the pen, and it had just, it had just snowed, right? So, uh, at Old Max in Carson City, the the construction crew back then, or somebody, but there were nails this long, rusted nails, you know, and you, you can tell, you know, it came out of an old concrete slab or something, but. Uh, It was left by a construction crew. So I got one and I, you know, I got past the tower and I I buried it, you know, and every chance I got I put a little Sharpen on it, you know, because I was gonna kill this dude. It took the only other black guy that was on death row in 1982 to stop me from killing my neighbor, you know, because it's on the news. We're watching this dude, you know, Reno news how he did this girl. And now he's on death row with us, you know. Right. And he got sentenced. They gave him the death penalty. You're not gonna live next to me. But it took the only other guy that was on death row, older guy, much older than me, you know. And I, we, we sort of knew each other from the the county jail, you know. We, he was a bad ass. Nobody messed with this dude. So, uh, when he saw that I got the death penalty, yeah, Johnson, I remember you. But I told him, I said, yeah, I'm gonna knock this dude off. We'll do everybody a favor. He said, well. If you do that, then you might as well go on in that chamber over there, you know. And he said, you may not, he may kill you. You underestimate him? Because he's this little skinny, scrawny guy? He's on death row with you. What makes you better than him? The same society that said kill him, said kill you. And man, that sent, man, that woke me up. And believe it or not, Steve-O, I spoke to the guy, you know, didn't want to know him. And I, but every day I would, Hey man, you know, Did you tell him you were
0: thinking about killing him? No.
1: He saw it in my eyes. I mean, he, I think he literally told the officer, I never want to be out with this guy. Okay. You know, I'm the youngster. And the only other youngster up there, they're up there for killing um, uh, a detective up in Reno.
0: That makes them like
1: uh,
0: royalty in prison. They
1: got taken care of. Yeah. i mean the, the Aryan brotherhood man i i smoke weed i whatever i wanted you know but that's the, took, that, that's and, what i
0: want to talk about And the too. officers
1: you know the officers that was on cmu condemned man unit that was up in carson city uh
2: that's death row
1: that's death row and they understood and most of them guys are dead i don't think a one of them is living because they were older guys seasoned officers they knew how to talk to you they you know guy bring you a pie and say hey James my wife baked this wow eat the whole pie James you know some fish I, we went and cut some you know some bass James and my wife cooked it up eat you know because we was there you know we didn't go outside we were on top of the fourth we were on top of the cell house you know and one of the greatest moments I got to get this in Tom Selleck did a movie on the yard uh, an innocent man and before he left he asked where's death row and he turned around and pointed at death row if i ever get a chance to talk to tom Selleck i gonna say you pointed at me dude wow and i say those dudes that that's in the movie those are my homeboys train and all of them night. them dudes used playing basketball they're my homeboys
0: wow so they really did those were not actors
1: no no those are convicts that's incredible yeah but tom Selleck, he he, I mean, if you ever watched that movie, man, he was—he just fell in place, right? And you know, I might have to watch that. And movie. so uh, when mm-hmm. I went back and I did a little tour of the prison, you know, after almost 40 years, uh, it's just a lot of memories came back, you know. But he donated a lot of uh, weights and stuff like that to the yard, and he looked out for the yard, Tom Selleck.
0: Man, that's cool. You said that when you were in death row, that you were watching the news with your neighbor on death row, so you're, you're seeing about his case, and yes. that's why you mm-hmm. arrived at the conclusion that you needed to, to take care of him. Oh, yeah. um, to me, it's fascinating. I wasn't the only one now. Right. There's other guys that had that same thought. Right. To me, it's fascinating that you're on death row watching TV. Yeah. Like, where's the TV located?
1: Uh, your family was allowed to send you a package every six months and they send you a stereo tv back then you can man i i, I can have a 50 inch tv wow
0: i, mean, I remember <laughs> the, death row.
1: i mean you know and, i mean they're going to take it apart and you, yeah.
0: I, I remember the eddie murphy movie yeah. uh 48 hours with nick nolte and, and he had a tv in his <laughs> yeah. cell yeah, yeah. so yes yeah, so you got a tv in your cell mm-hmm. on death row mm-hmm. um and, and can get can you get a cable subscription or watch mtv and hbo well, and
1: the the the, um, the prison had a cable system that they had to deal with, and um, every cell, you know, they was paying um, like so much for so many cells. So we got the basic cable, you know, a so, sports channel. So you got
2: ESPN. Skymax. <laughs> <get>
1: yeah. Skymax. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what we have. So see see see. You never miss
1: uh, the Super Bowl. No, you, you get all the regular channels. You and, got
0: ESPN. And, you yeah. got MTV. Mm-hmm. You,
1: they knew they knew what it what it took to keep a maximum, you know, prison or institution calm. Right. When you when you let uh, inmates and convicts watch TV and have another escape, yeah, your yard is gonna go pretty well. Uh, okay. You know, and like I said, they gave me a huge outlet because once the count was clear you know this way after death row but i'm going straight to the band room you know right yeah i'm going straight to the gym to the band room and uh, how
0: much time in death row is spent um in yourself
1: it depends on your level of uh classification you right know? if you're being good and you're not being a problem and you're not receiving receiving like uh notice of charges discipline you know you have to go in front of a discipline committee um you can spend up to almost twelve thirteen hours out yourself,
0: and that uh twelve thirteen hours is in like a communal,
1: yeah yeah you can you can pick another guy to come out and you can play cards and normally uh me and the other black guy that was on there he'd come out and and he made porter because he went up another level, so he was able to go everywhere you know, okay, go get the food and you know not outside, but they'd bring it to the big door and he was able to grab it and bring up the child and stuff. What about drugs on death yeah, row? Yeah, that's my next question. Are you
0: smoking weed on yeah, death row?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to roll a, a pinhead no bigger than a match, you know, a matchstick, okay. you know, and so Peter. you're rolling. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and so um, we had one officer even gave us the, uh, the tip on how to get rid of the smell. He said, listen, guys, I ain't looking for nothing, but I have a nose.
0: <laughs> right, so you take so, the toilet roll and you put the bounce yeah. sheet in it and yeah, you blow I mean through that, there? That's,
1: no, that's the old, that's, that's county jail. That's, okay. That's, that's rookie stuff. Okay. No. <laughs> that's as high as Steve got.
0: Candidly, I didn't even learn that trick in jail. I uh, learned that in college dorms. Which is amazing, because it's just about the only thing I learned in college. But, I digress. Since college, I've learned something way more important which is that blue chew tablets make sex a lot more fun. Why? Because they contain the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, but they only cost a fraction of the price. That's right, I'm talking about blue chew tablets. And man, they're more delicious now. There's like a new flavor or something. I love the way they taste, and I love that when I chew them up and then I go show my girl my blue tongue, she screams ah, and hugs me and she knows I'm going to take her to bone town. That's right. The Boneyard, because blue tablets, give me a major boner. Ah oh, man, so much fun. If you're really still wondering, are blue tablets fun? I can assure you they are. Plus, you could get an entire month's supply of Blue Chew tablets completely for free. All you got to pay is five bucks for shipping if you go to bluechew.com and use the promo code STEVO. That's right. Plus, the prescription. You consult with an online provider, a medical provider online at BlueChew.com. You take care of that quickly and easy. And again, an entire month's supply of BlueChew tablets is on its way to your house. And you are having a good old time. All you got to pay is five bucks for shipping. So jump on this deal. Go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Stevo, And let's get back to it.
1: Uh, but on death row, we were allowed to have like uh, skillets and, and hot plates and things like that, right? Because, you know, it was like a privilege. The warden right. said, as long as you guys. like."
0: That's their incentive to keep everything running keep smooth. It. Exactly,
1: and so uh, we had a guy, i just call him by the name of Moose, old biker and he's on death row and he would love to get up and cook eggs and uh, Shortline was a bunch of all uh, uh, lifers and they had a garden, so they were sent up fresh stuff to the to death row.
0: What's know? short line?
1: Short line are uh, lifers who are never getting out, but they have a trade, and they, they're giving back some type of way. Uh, they got license plate factory. Yep. You know, uh, maintenance, the old boiler room. Those are lifers that live in there, and that's a, that's like a privilege to live in the boiler room. You got this big old room, and you don't have no, body, no, no officer breathing down you. You got a, a courtyard you can come out to. You're just taking care of the boiler room, make sure, you know, and so... I never made short line because of the death row status, once I got off of death row, but um, they looked out for death row and sent us fresh uh, garden and fruits and vegetables up there, and, and he weed. would cook, and we, <laughs> you know, and some of the harder drugs too. You know, I wouldn't, you know, but the tip to getting rid of the smell, the officer would bring us popcorn and you just simply burn that bag of popcorn you can't burn it no more you put it on high and they what the hell it's you you ever smell burnt popcorn sure it's good you ain't gonna smell no weed okay so and you know we were getting weed like from Humboldt county up in Winnemucca. this is the great grade of weed coming down from yeah so the white guys they you know they really looked out man and the brotherhood was one thing you know as long as the drug flow was cool everybody's cool and that that's from death row to the general population that's in every prison across America. As long as that drug flow is cool. There's no racial tensions. There's no uh, uprising against the administration. Everybody's, you know, self medicated, doing their own doing their time. Right. How about alcohol? Are you
0: are you making your own alcohol on death row? Well
1: Pruno. That's still rookie stuff.
0: Uh, okay. You know,
1: veterans, you drinking alcohol. You bringing you're in you bringing in seagrams. As long as they're <laughs> as as long yeah. as there a free staff, and what I mean by a free staff, a free citizen, whether it's a nurse a storekeeper, a bookkeeper, that's other that anything other than an officer that's been sworn by, you They know, they're, they're going to bring in. They can be compromised.
0: Okay, I mean and, even officers I got to believe oh, yeah. are going to participate too.
1: Sure. You know, once you have a family member, you can be a twenty-year-old cop, you know, and, and, and declarate it. Once you have a family member that went through the justice system and you love that family member, your heart turns a little bit. Right. And if you, I've seen so many correction officers, more men than women, often, to, you know, dude, I understand, man. I was this far from being here, right? You know, what you need, man, you good, you know, right? And, you know, and you learn to respect. Okay, this guy's just trying to go home. He could have been here, but he chose this life. And then he offered me something, you know. He's, he's coming, you know, with a gift. Like, dude, I'm not just talking. Uh, I know you got life. You're in a shoe program. You know, no one may ever untie that shoe, you know. And that's just the lingo for being locked away. And, right.
0: You know, what a shoe means, what's it stand well, for? if you put it's your like shoe on,
1: yeah. If, if his shoe is on, that shoe is going to stay on until what? To so Take it off. So if you put a man in a cell and you lock that door, he's in there. That's a shoe program. That's like
2: 23 hours a day. That's right. So so when you got off death row, were you in the shoe?
1: I was in uh, intensive. Um, what was they calling it? Uh, intensive group where you they modified you. You had to check in, you know, because I was different. So they had to check my my psych, you know. Being on death row and being young, so they really monitored me. I had to go and see the psychologist um, once a week. We sit there, and she and I would talk the same thing. Yeah, you know, what do you think about life, James? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm alive. That's what I think about life. You know, yeah. I live the rest of my life. You know, in here, she said that may just happen. But what if you're free one day? You know. And she's dead now, too. But uh, all those old people. But anyway, that was a normal day, you know, just being um, being locked away, man. And I tell you what, um, until a man is faced with being you have to live with another person that you don't know. This is a stranger. He just moved in. He's a lifer like you. And. Is he strong like me? Is you know you don't know this person, and so and the worst thing that the prison system did to me, when they allowed the race, you can't mix races. They should have never done that. When did they do that? In this state, I think it was eighty six. They started pushing the classification change, and in prison, you know the only people that can live together. If you come in and say you know uh, you're gay and you rather live with a gay person, and blah blah blah. But just uh, me and you bunking up as cellies, no, the administration, oh no, because they're no, they know that soon as the drugs get low or soon as somebody get hit that shouldn't have got hit, you know, a stabbing or something went on, uh, the forces that be are gonna change and uh, you can't live with that black guy anymore. You're either a soldier, you're either with us or you're not. And the same with the blacks. You can't live with that white guy. Why are you living with him? And the guy goes, right. we went to school together. Our families know each other. Well, I'm from the Same neighborhood with this guy. We don't care. Yeah. This is the code and we don't live by it.
2: Could, could I ask, uh, what was your last meal going to be?
1: <laughs> uh, sorry. Well, just... You know what? Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because they played a trick on me when I got there. Two of the officers, old Silver Fox. And um, old um, Woodman came and got me, and they said, "Youngster, we just got a call from the courts. We're gonna have to prepare prepare you in the overnight cell. You know." Meaning that. Everybody's quiet. Your time's up. Yeah, everybody's quiet on the road. and I'm 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 looking for the you know for killer the black guy to go, you know, give me a sign or something. You know, and he's not up. He's not a bit at, at his bars looking at me, and you know he's so they get me and they take me over and the priest come up father dave good guy i forgave him he's part of the he's well mr allen um we know that you're a christian he's reading from there and you know you was raised a christian blah blah blah. would you like to say a prayer and everything and i'm looking at are you this this real you know i mean i'm right across from the chamber and you know they got two cells you got the overnight cells then you got the chamber and i'm looking are they serious so they left me in there to like one o'clock in the morning that night and they came and got me like five that afternoon you know like one o'clock and uh Civil fox go come on out youngster we just wanted to see your man We want to see if you you know if you pumping that that real blood or you're gonna break down and i'm you know and so killer comes out and he really embraced me he said man don't think nothing of that you know, we got the other youngsters when they came up here, the ones that knocked off the uh, the detective. Up you the passed ra- the test. Yeah, you passed the test. So, you know, don't think. That, but I had to tell my mom and she was furious. They did uh, what? And she, uh, she raised, she called the lieutenant. She had a way of reaching and getting hold of people, you know, and wow. next thing you know, here come these wardens and, you know, you okay, youngster? You all right? You know, and they have me talk to the psychologist. And, you know,
0: I'm good. Yeah. That's some, like, fraternity hazing.
1: Yeah, so I had to put that in the book, man. I, and I forget those officers because it shook me, but it, you know, it, it, something deep down it said, no, it ain't happening like this. Mr. Crimin did say it's going to happen like this. I, you know, I got a stay of execution, and I got – so I started thinking, you know. Right.
0: When you got – from off death row into regular prison, mm-hmm. did you miss death row at all?
1: Sure, you know I I developed some good friendship in there. You know, it's some guys uh, they still on the row after all these years, and I'd love to see them make it off and just live a life. You know, um, um, Tom Wilson, he's the longest one up there now. You know, I like to see Tom, and you know, and. Uh, Murder is murder, man. Uh, you know, there's uh, to me, there's there's no way to really define, uh, you know, a killing. If it's an if it's an intent, you know, you have sit and you've contemplated killing somebody and you mapped out how it's gonna go. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't deserve this this type of life. This this life now is fun, man. You know, uh, when I made it home. And I, you know, I used to sit back and go, wow, this is what I was in a hurry to come back to? You know, because I'm watching the news and you're watching all this bad stuff and you're watching. And I'm going, wow, man. But in my life, I have to calculate my life and where I'm at with my family and my loved ones and the circle that, you know, and and it's okay. I'm in a I'm in a good place. Um, You know, I have a Bible and it's in my truck right now. There's a picture of my victim. In the back of my bible so every morning when i say a prayer i say a prayer for mr sylvester too you know he was a good dude man you know I, I learned a little about my victim and you know nice home and he's you know he had a fiance he was getting ready to get married you know uh what i say if he had the t- chance to say something today i think he probably would say give mr allen a chance you know because i have a good heart and i made some good, good conscious changes about me. I did some soul searching, man. And one did you these, ever
0: reach out to his family after you got free?
1: Well, no. That was one of the clauses on okay. my parole: do not try and contact because they knew me. The prison officials and the parole commissioners. By now, they know James Allen's going to try and find a way. His heart is, you know, I love everybody, and if I can help everybody, I want to. Right. Um, one of the things I want to do. Uh, the outgoing governor of this state governor sisterlack put a put a motion on the floor about a week ago to abolish the death penalty and his constituents rose up against him so i was there and he came over and shook this my hand This is a week
0: ago as in
1: from today yeah yeah at the supreme court building they hold the uh, they held the um, annual pardons board session so with it being his last hearing uh, he Place a motion on the floor to abolish the death penalty. But uh, I don't think that committee had that power. So many other things had to take place before. But I commend him for doing that. And in that, uh, I would love for this state to allow me to go and talk to those men and let them know, hey, you may not get the opportunity that I got, but if they abolish the death penalty and they give you life, man makes the best, make the best of it. Those guys of you, those guys of you that are on death row, you're smart, you're educators, you know, you were smart and, and growing up and things, cause I know them, you know, they, I mean, it's some guys real creative. Come out and help these younger guys that's on the yard that will make parole. I would love to have that opportunity to talk to death row.
0: You said that when you got off death row and in regular prison, that you missed the friendships that you had on death row. Yeah. But did you miss the, the quality of life? Like what was the quality of life in regular prison compared to, to death row? This is something I really wanted to know about the quality of life in prison versus on death row. But first, let me tell you about the quality of life if you're in therapy or if you're not because this episode's brought to you by BetterHelp. And, spoiler alert, quality of life is a lot better if you're in therapy and actually speaking up about the things that are bothering you and figuring out ways to address them. And there's no better way to do that than with BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. And if you go to BetterHelp.com slash Stevo, you get... 10% off your first month. Now, a first month of what? It's therapy that teams you up with the ideal therapist for you based on what it is you want help with. And they've teamed up over 3 million people with therapists and these sessions can happen online. You don't have to go driving around anywhere. It's super simple, super affordable. Plus, again, you get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash stevo again my quality of life is a lot better because i use therapy to speak up about what's going on about what's bothering me and figuring out how to address it so i urge you to increase your quality of life by going to betterhelp.com slash stevo now let's compare death row to prison (laughs) Did you bring your television set from your oh, cell in Death yes. Row, same TV? Mm-hmm. And you got to mm-hmm. set up the same TV? And If
1: I was smart, if I was a smart man, I would have took all of that stuff that my family sent to me on Death Row, boxed it up, and sent it home. <laughs> It'd be worth some money today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I would, but I got an ID card. I still have my okay. ID, so. so. So
0: you take all of it, you, you take all this stuff in your death row cell, the TV, mm, everything. everything, and you move it right into your uh, to Make your sale. prison cell. Yeah. Is the prison cell the same size as the death no, row cell?
1: death row was plush. <laughs> wow, that's what I mean, I'm trying to figure out. You know, I mean, a death row cell was like big as your, you know, your your rv here yes wow yes and and you got
0: we got one roommate in the death row cell no No roommate by yourself
1: um one thing about death row you're not going to have a roommate okay no no, that that's one thing a state's not going to do no state in america house two guys together
0: so, so now you move into regular prison you do have a roommate yes and you're yeah. thinking, man, get me back on death row. This sucks.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the first time I hit a medium yard, I thought I was literally on a college campus. These guys are wearing joydash jeans. They're wearing silk shirts, long as blue. They're wearing low float, you know, show loafers, And uh, they're wearing low-quarter shoes and hats. And, and they're headed to visiting. <coughs> I'm going, they're going to visiting like, you know. And I got pictures of me on death row. You know, when I had my afro and my mom come up, you know, I got pictures. And so I'm used to just wearing jeans. I get there right. and I'm looking, you know, and I tell you, man, literally. I see these women. And, you know, guys are coming up to me, they glass, they're hugging me, you know, James Allen, you, you're off death row with glad, blah, blah. So I see a, a flock of women over here, right? And I'm looking. Women we were,
0: inmates or women visitors?
1: I, I'm thinking these are women. These are not women. Oh, they're not? Ah, oh, uh, gotcha. Uh, so listen. they're inmates. <laughs> listen, dude. Booty shorts and I'm looking like... And, and, and one guy go, no. Th- those are not women. So there's a lot more
0: freedom of expression in prison compared to death row. Back
1: then. right? Back then. Now... Death row I think death row is just they're just there, man. they're just sitting there. All of the programs have been stripped. Prison is nothing like it was
0: am 20, i am I calling that away. right prison versus because death row is prison yes, it's all the same, none what, of it's the same okay so so what what would I call it? You went from death row to general, general population. population, okay mm-hmm. um, and in general population, is there more or less drugs and alcohol? oh dude
1: man there's way General more huh? population and see i came you know my era was you can have currency on the yard dude it was dudes rolling quarters and taping them up as long as this bar here you know and would go to the store with you know how many however much that was you know you'd get a pen and write it on there. If that's 60 bucks, if that's like about, about 60 bucks, what for quarters? You go to the store and uh the storekeeper, he look and okay, he knows, you know, and I'm telling you, man, it was nothing to walk around with a thousand dollars of uh, paper money. That was illegal. You only can have the quarters, you know, you could only get have, uh, you know, in currency, but you couldn't have paper dollars and man, it but was, people
0: had it anyway,
1: poker game, Big time poker games. Guys betting two and three hundred dollars. Wow. Per, yeah.
0: So it, some more money, more drugs, more alcohol in yeah. mm-hmm. general population.
1: And guess what? This was doing the with the Democrats in charge and the Republicans. It didn't matter. You know, prison had a standard where it took care of itself. You know, there was prison jobs, there was prison furloughs. So in the eighties and the nineties, you know, if you had to do some time, you can. I mean, one of my first jobs, I was making minimum wage. I was working for um, Imperial Palace, uh, classic car collection. They would bring out one car and we would strip it down, and they was paying us minimum wage. I was sending home literally six to seven hundred dollars a month, and that was huge.
0: Sending it to your mom? Yeah
1: you know to take yeah, care yeah, of my kids. kids yeah I had my my son when I got arrested my son was one years old and my daughter just turned uh, she was like five months wow okay so they grew up I got a picture of me and my son and my daughter uh, standing in the visiting room and like I said my son came and you know, that was an experience there, man, uh, I tell you.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of your story is that you're in general population. Yeah. Your son's 15 years old mm-hmm. and you're sharing a cell in yeah. prison with your son. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, he he was part of a program where uh, they was targeting young youth who were at risk. And my son had a fascination of guns, too. So what he, he takes handle the butt of a 32 and he's got it sitting in his locker so when kids see it all they're is the handle you know the butt of the gun right right so the judge figured well <clears throat> we're gonna put you on this 90 day uh program we're gonna you're gonna go out to the prison and you're gonna be around convicts convicted felons and they're gonna mentor you, you're gonna be there for 90 days. It's like
0: a serious, high-level, scared, straight program.
1: And so I really wasn't in contact with his mom at the time, that side of the family. So this is how it snuck up on me. But guy came to the the band room one day and he goes, hey, it's a kid down in intake saying he's your kid. Saying he's my kid. So I uh, summon the ward and I go, I need to go to intake. I need to go down there warden and you know the warden had a lot of trust in me by this time i can pretty much move around the institution so i go down and i look at this kid and it's my kid i go what are you doing and he go pops i'm I'm here for 90 days so that next morning i went to the, the warden's office i said you have to move i know it's against the i know I, i'm working the program because i had several youngsters before and he goes, you know, we can't do that, Alan. I go, please put him in the room with me. He needs to learn something. I may not ever get a chance to be a father. Wow! I may not ever get a chance to teach him wow. nothing, man. And I'm telling the warden, goes, he made me sign the agreement, and my son had to sign it and the waivers, and we moved my son in. And uh, this kid, man, he really didn't know nothing. He knew how to brush his teeth. He didn't know how to shower and keep his hygienes up. And one of the most uh, dramatic and profound moments of my incarceration was the night they came and told him and I to step out the room and strip down. And I'm standing there naked in front of my son. Wow. And he's naked and I go, this what you want? This is what you want? Take a, take a lesson, you know. Why'd they do that? Because they, well, when they're doing a, a strip search, you know, they can pick any cell and go to any unit and it can be um, just random. But uh, I think they was, you know, I had had a couple run-ins with a couple officers and I think they was trying to get back and embarrass me in front of my, my kid. So we're standing there and they didn't, you know, after they tore up the cell and went through everything and we went back in and I go, well, get dressed and now let's put the cell back like it's supposed to look real comfortable and
0: And let's watch some TV. There you go. (laughs) Let's get back to the
1: football game. Yeah. But you know, it was a pleasure, man, being a dad and my son, even though he didn't learn from that lesson, my son did 25 years in Arizona Uh. and he's been recently released. He's doing well. He's a manager, um, um, for some phone company, some type of, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Cell phone? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you talk uh, telemarketing. Okay, gotcha. Thing. But anyway, he's doing well and he got married and uh, he wrote a little book, a little memoir book you know, uh, about being in prison and being around his dad. Uh, he's not talented, but he can play drums. He can't sing or anything. You know, I can sing and play just about every instrument. So.
0: Um. T- I'm really interested by how you said they, they, you got people to send a piano
1: yeah. into a prison. Keyboards, all kinds of synthesizers, man. so now Some of the stuff we had to fix and we were allowed to go in the maintenance shop and use soldering guns. And, you know, we had to take some of the resistors and tweak with them, you know, get some of the old tube amps and, and recharge them. But,
0: um, and uh, the, the piano is not going to live in your cell next to your 50 inch TV. It's gonna go to uh, the band room. Yes, but there was no band room before you.
1: And guys were allowed. I mean, it depends on, like I said, your classification, the level that, in you know, what prison yard you're on. And some guys were allowed to have a guitar in their cell, um, a small keyboard. Um, you know, um, and you, of course you had to have headphones. You know, a little mini amp. You know, as time you know went by and technology, yeah but
0: and you had all the same tv channels and general population as you did on death row yes same everybody no no more no less no more no less and
1: well on death row if there's certain uh programming that they didn't want us to watch like uh no kid stuff yeah they would okay. block they would block it out uh, okay um Serial killers type, you know, you you to watch. Did you
0: ever those. see the the show on A and E called The First Forty Eight? Yes, or, that show's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that show. Mm-hmm. So, so you're able to watch that in jail.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When 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 uh, when the when our Jackass movie came out, did you see that in jail?
1: You know, uh, I heard of it, and I don't know. I it, it, it was something that someone was saying that. It's a bunch of guys and they're, they're playing grab ass and they're doing so all kinds of So you could have watched it, but you said, that doesn't
0: sound yeah. like so, my thing. Right,
1: but, <laughs> but I'll tell you the first episode I that know. I really watched was uh, Jackass Forever.
0: Okay. And oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that was wow. even more grab ass than usual. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Dude I'm,
1: I'm watching the dragon and I had no clue What the dragon was, and my brother's sitting there watching it with me. (laughs) The dragon.
0: (laughs) Going through the town. Yeah.
1: He didn't know it.
0: Yeah. Damn, they got me. Other
1: than you, my my other favorite is uh, Wee Man. Yeah, Wee Man. He's great. Wow, man. Right. You know, and I'm telling my, you know, a couple people, they know about you guys, and they're going, man, dude, you're going to be with Steve O. (laughs) <laughs> and I go well. You know, they found out about the story, and you know. Uh- I mean, it's a hell
0: of a story, man. Yeah, it's a hell of a story. When, and I'm and I'm really just I'm fascinated by the 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 whole just idea of, of prison and what and what it's like. It's really interesting to hear you describe it, yeah. and I feel like you're describing uh, a quality of life, which you know I'm not going to say that being in prison doesn't sound so bad but at the same time you got you got a life in there Mm -hmm. you got a life in prison and it helps me understand just just stroll and some of
1: the things I was telling you
0: it helps me to understand why people would would really want to take death penalty off the table because in prison it's not great to be in prison but uh, you got a life in there
1: Yes, I tell you what Steve uh, I told you at the beginning I felt like I was a, a guinea pig or part of a test uh, type of uh, program you know where people wanted me to fail out here I couldn't adapt. Uh, I was so far behind time and being on death row reality and theres there's a lot of pressure on me to always um, go beyond you know um i don't want to be out here and be um stuck as they say you know i want to learn just as fast as the next guy i want to you know i want to be competing just like the next guy i want to be right there and uh help my family and um be a servant that's what i am i'm a servant now you know they gave me time to serve and by all means i guess um the time served itself and all is forgiven. And now I'm a servant out here. I'm always be a servant, even after death row. You know, I don't think no one has this story in nowhere in the world. Um, and that have done the things that I have been allowed to do. And I'm very, very appreciative. And I'm very remorseful that a person lost their life by my ignorance and my silliness, that I deserve a death penalty no and i tell you why but i deserved a punishment i deserved a lifetime punishment to serve you know i have to give back and a lot of doors are closed a lot of doors are not being opened because people know it's a fascinating story and i think this is the first time that it's actually probably on a national level you know with you guys Everything's always been local. It's like they want to keep it. And right. It's not gonna stay that way. Not with, you know. I mean, I'm I'm just now understanding this. Right. You know. I mean, this 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 was a monster to me. I bet. You know what? What? <laughs> when you were in prison, did you
0: watch the movie The Green Mile? Yes. so that now. Did you watch that in your cell? Yes. So that means you had VCR or a DVD player in but your cell I, too.
1: Yeah, well, what they would do is uh, every week a unit would be graded on cleanliness, uh, how well you behave, and they, they would bring in a movie. And okay. you, you can pick the movie. They would bring out a list. And uh, during that time, Green Mile was at the top of the box. And, yeah. I Man, we won't see Green Mile. It's a good movie. Oh, a great, great movie. movie.
0: And, and, and when Shawshank
1: Redemption yeah. is my of Yeah. Oh,
0: Shawshank Redemption is maybe the other one I was one. thinking of. Uh, <laughs> Love Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Yeah. When when uh, when you asked Vinny over here asked you if you had trouble acclimating to freedom, mm. because of technology, I was thinking forget about the technology. What about work? What about what, just being institutionalized? There's that guy in the For Shawshank sure, Redemption yeah. who's just too institutionalized. Wanted could, to go back in. Couldn't deal with it. Yeah, he killed yes. himself because yeah. he couldn't deal with it. Yeah. Did you relate with that guy on any level?
1: Well, you know, I understood what he went through because when. You're back in those days and that type of structure and, yeah. and and the way they was portraying that cell house, Brooks, a dungeon, yes, yeah. Brooks. You know, that's all he had. And he befriend a bird. Yeah. If, you know, reality's gone. If you're gonna talk to <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. it's gone. So
1: right. here I know guys personally. They can't adapt. And they've only done like maybe 10, 15 years, and they're out right. struggling. And they go, how do you do it, Mr. Allen? You know, and I go, and that's that's every race. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm that's I'm, just humanity. I am president of the Lifers Group, which uh, the former director, first woman director of the state of Nevada, she allowed us to form that group. And they respect it. It's on the books today, the Lifers Group. And so I've been trying to... The Lifers that are out here on parole, and they're on lifetime parole like me, but they have businesses. They're upstanding citizens. Right. Their neighbors ne- don't never knew that this guy. I've been eating at this guy's restaurant, and he's an ex-felon, and he did 20 years. But these are the type of guys that I'm telling, get out here, let the people know that you're out here, you know. Right. Now, right. was it difficult for you finding paying work? Right.
0: Hmm. When um, you got to fill out that I'm yeah. a felon.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. When I my first job was at a place called Anderson Dairy, and I was uh, loading trucks at night, you know, milk and dairy, cold as hell. And I had a crew. I was with a crew of, of uh, Mexicans and none of them spoke English. And, you know, but it showed me something different that in prison, you can't break bread together. But out here, these guys can barely, you know, they just knew I was a crew member. They didn't care if I was an ex-felon, you know, and they, they gave me a burrito like at lunchtime, you know. But the job was very easy to get uh, because I would go in and I'll tell them, hey, I'm fresh out of prison. You know, can I work here? Do you guys hire ex-felons? Uh, I'm just telling you up front. And they go fill out the application. So that was a sign right there right um, it's a case by case for her. sure yes. all right yeah. so yeah and right today um you know i have like a sciatic arthritis coming on or something but i get that pinched nerve so ah. i can't do a lot of physical work but and i don't like um a lot of i don't know soft work you know i'm i'm, I'm a man and i've worked with my hands and I, you know um
0: don't you make a living in, with
1: your band well you know I'm trying to get a residency here um, and I'm grateful that you know uh, places like the sand Dollar um, I've did corporate gigs out on the strip I you know uh, some of the strip uh, hotels but they not a residency you know and right. I don't know if it's because of the ex felon but i I'm a business <laughs> I have a business license and I'm insured I'm but, but the band is and we're a pretty good band. What's but the band name? It's James Allen and Unique Minds.
0: James Allen and Unique Minds. Unique Minds. Are you just vocals or do you play an instrument too?
1: Well, uh, in this band, I'm doing most of the uh, lead singing and percussions.
0: Okay, and are uh, is your music available to people to find on?
1: Well, what we do, yeah, we're on YouTube and uh, we do a lot of uh, cover tunes. Okay. So, you know, we want you dancing in the lounge. And in the, but um, I'm really trying to get the band somewhere. and Because, so, so you know, if I'm allowed to go on the road and tell my story, I would like to bring my band along. Sure. I wouldn't like for a producer or a director to go, well, we hear that uh, you're a singer. Uh, will you do a song for us? And, I'm, you know, we'll put some musicians around you, whatever. I got a band. You know, right. Just, <laughs> were
0: you able to record music while you were in prison? No. No, no recording, recording
1: device okay. and if we one time we tried and and they go and they found it right and we had it going through one of the yamaha system through the pa system and you know we had a little you know the little the old little box tape re, uh, uh cassette recorder yeah you know you can hit play and you record it so we had it patched in and they found out about it so we had All to. Right. We did had
0: you get to, uh tangled up in, in a, in a, in a in gang? Like, you, you kind of have to be in a gang in prison, right?
1: Oh, you know what? Let me take that back. At the end, right before I paroled, we did record. Cool. I did record with that band, so they do have that. Okay.
0: All right. What was you going to say? Um, I mean, I, we could probably talk forever about, but but, but in, in prison, you kind of have to be in a gang. Is that right?
1: Oh, you have to show your type of uh, allegiance. You know, you affiliate, uh, you associate it. You know, I never uh took on the tag of uh me being initiated in i'm too strong for that i'm a leader you know good um but my association was through um just friendship you know giving them you know because i helped every gang once uh if you came out of crypt out of the fish tank intake you know, and I, you know, your, your, your file is going to tell me what you are because you're coming from the county jail. So you're already tagged and I know what you are. And I, you know, some of my spills doing um, uh, my intake uh, portion of orientation, I would tell the guys, if you come in here because your homeboy's on the yard, you made a mistake because your homeboy is nothing. Because if he was... He'd be here talking to you instead of me so I would get their attention right away you know and I would let them know the chapel is off limits you, you don't go up there sagging your pants you don't go up there repping your gang you don't go up there beefing with no one you know the chapel is a sacred place uh, Native American um, their uh, lodges and stuff their their, their their space all that is sacred ground so all that stuff had to be told to these youngsters coming in because they was coming in by the boatload. And I mean, every nationality, you know. So
0: what I'm hearing is that you were diffusing. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And and did you find yourself, like, pressured into, like, situations that you couldn't control, which required you to put people in check to oh, participate in violence
1: i tell you what dude sometimes you know what um when you when a convict knows that there's a, a window or there's a little light at the end of the tunnel man he does a lot of soul searching and i'm telling you there's a lot of fights and a lot of violence that i had to walk away from you know and When you got a guy calling you you know another guy that thinks he's just tough or he's trying to get a rep you know hey i knocked off james allen or i did this to james allen and blah 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 but you know you have to you have to put yourself almost in a in an acting position like i'm ready at all times i may not look ready but i'm ready at all times and if you bring it i'm gonna bring it so and that's how you have to carry yourself in there man um You can't show no sign of weakness. If you show a sign of weakness, they're gonna tell, they may not get you, but it's gonna go down the pipe. Yeah. Got one coming your way. Man,
0: you know, for all my tough talk, and I'm crazy, and I do stunts, man, I I would not do well in there.
1: i tell you what, uh, one of the scariest moments was a black kid got killed. And he was from a rival gang. So all the OGs got together. And this is black and white Uh, white guy killed a black guy over a poker game the black guy jumped on the white guy gave him a black eye. the white guy sitting there at the the next morning at the breakfast table with a huge signer so his his homeboys what the hell happened to you oh he whooped your you know so now they're edging it on oh no you got to go back you got to retaliate so now one of the most scariest things is that you don't know when it's gonna jump off so now you have to start preparing yourself. Dude, I we had to literally go in the law library. La and you can check out four books at a time. These big law, you know, law books with the hard back binder. And I mean literally, you have to line your jacket. Oh wow. That ain't wow. That, that ain't nothing on the movie. That's real. And I can literally you we had to go up at Old Max, you had to go down these steps and go through this tunnel, you know, to get to the child hall, to get to the kitchen. And at the end of the tunnel, there's an officer with a spray gun. You do any type of <laughs> wrongdoing down this tunnel, he's gonna start spraying, he don't care what he hit. Like a fire hose? Yes. No. Bullets.
0: Oh, spray guns. So yeah. you say spray guns? Back gun. then it
1: was buckshots. Man, I look, I they, got... that dude would start spraying, somebody's getting to a fight in that in that tunnel, and he'll start spraying them buckshots. Pow, pow. And you can literally hear him just you can feel him hitting your ankle. You know, we trying to dive and get run for cover, but I can literally feel and, and you snugged up against, you know, every race. It ain't the blacks over here going through the tunnel. Everybody has to go through the tunnel at one time. And you can feel somebody trying to hit you, dude. And wow. I, I got, yeah, I got a scrape right here. Got past the book. And you don't know who hit you. You looking around and, you know, you ready to get into it. But if you start to fight, you're gonna get shot too. Because you're going through this tunnel and you're, you know, and I'm telling you, that is serious, you know, stuff like that. I wanted to put in the book because it's real. But, uh, you know, it's just so many uh, prison stories, man. Uh, you know, when you sitting in the childhood and you watch a guy get hit in the neck and here's blood just skeeting out and, you know, you up under the table trying to keep from getting shot. And and see, granted, Steve, when I came off of death, they still had metal trays you got a metal fork and a tray with a metal cup. And I've seen dudes get whooped so bad in that kitchen with them. This is a weapon, man. A this fork a, in the neck will do it. These trays, I mean, you can hit that. It ain't going to bend. It's a tray. You know, county jail. Yeah, they, I mean, weapons, man. I man. Weapons. I mean, it's nothing that I gloat about because I... I, 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 I uh, I welcome that experience, but I don't enjoy how it came about because a sure. person lost their life. Um, but the experience, man. Um, I mean, you've lived—you've
0: lived it all, man. Yeah,
1: to be 63 uh, and, and it's to still be around. I know a lot of guys—they're gone. That I did time—that did 20 years, make it home, and then die out here. Like they couldn't get with this. They couldn't. They couldn't gravitate to the, you know, okay, we're not in prison anymore. It's real. Right. You know, that James that you knew in prison, totally different out here. Right. You know, because you don't really know me. You met me in prison. Yeah, we walked in yards, we talked stories, we broke bread, but now I'm free, see. And so I don't know Steve-O the killer, you know, do he really like me? You know, then I have to go back What type of case did he have how did he get that murder you know because you don't know who you're dealing with you're right. rubbing elbows you out here kicking it with them you know like i said i'm out here with lifers and stuff so this is why i had to form the lifers group out here so we can continue to stay in touch with each other and see where we're at you know a lot of them done died off i tell you man uh, dope. And that, that, hitting that dope yeah that you know they they couldn't wait to get out and get to that that real dope man yeah. so
0: it's safe to say that you very much value your freedom
1: oh yes sir yes sir oh I I think I'm gonna live past a hundred man God (laughs) God's gonna punish me you're gonna see this All right, you're gonna see this uh, to the end and it's just something he wants me to see and you know I'm not a big bible thumping type of guy Uh, I do believe in Christianity and I do believe that God shined on me right for whatever reason he gave me this because uh Technically, uh, the jury spoke, and the governor spoke. You know, right. Gave you life. I took you from death row to life, and now parole. See, so it's something in the cards. I just, you know, right. I'm still trying to figure it out.
0: And you're out here, giving back, going to talk to people to to help them have better lives. Yes and doing the right thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: not breaking the laws not doing it being wrong. a good guy
1: yes sir all um, right you know um i wanted you to i wanted to show you a little piece of the band um, all right
2: can you hold up your book for the camera so everybody can see t- just give it a plug
0: sure
1: <laughs> yeah and they can get it on
2: amazon right
1: yes yes and she's a great author, and we co-wrote the book together. Uh, you know, she, uh, I wasn't the first guy that she wrote about. The first guy that she wrote about was this Cuban that was on death row with me, and uh, he was convicted wrongly. He was the only guy I can actually say that didn't do the that didn't do the murder. Did you
0: ever say you were innocent when you were in prison?
1: No, no, and that's rare. Yeah, no. No, I'm guilty.
0: Yeah, But isn't prison just full of guys saying they didn't do it?
1: Yes, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. I mean, you know, um, that's a standard. Uh, and then, literally, you get guys their first night in the fish tank crying for their moms and boo-hooing, oh, yeah. and like, how did I do this? How did I get it? You know, and these and these guys come from a good home, good upbringing, and, you know, mom and dad there, and, you know, schooling and everything, but somewhere along the way you somewhere along the way you fell off and you fell into this 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 crime spree that's going on and now you're part of the system man
0: right yeah all right man well let, let let's let's see see the band thing yes. and uh you know Mike Tyson said this to me when I was on his podcast he said we got millions of people watching right now what, what do you want to say to them and i like that you got a message for everybody out there
1: sure uh, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying, man. I've been dealing with this same phone all these years. And, <laughs> and when you're trying to do something, it's like, okay, I'm I'll, not going to do that. <laughs> it, it's all good, man. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, assemblyman here. Um, I, I, I like giving respect to the politicians. That played a hand in my freedom, and one is um, um, the former uh, assemblyman uh, Harvey Mumford, who just had a name. Uh, they just named a street in his honor on his on his where he lived. So that was, but uh, Lawrence Weekly. You know, uh, he was a former uh, county commissioner. Uh, Senator Harry Reid. You saw the picture. Yeah, yep. and I think I'm the only. Guy didn't come off a death row with Harry Reed with his arm around it. You know, they just named the airport after him, you know? All um, right. So um, but my message is, is one that's that's, um, that's real simple. you know: Love life. Live life. don't cheat life. All right. A
0: message of gratitude, man. Thank you, James. Thank you, Steve for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you. I thought that was really cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, dude. How about that? I mean, we put up that no guest podcast, which probably some of you haven't seen because YouTube age restricted it. Sheesh. So click here if you're on youtube to check that one out that's where we came up with the idea to try to get a death row inmate to interview and how about that it took less than a week so get uh james allen jr's book in the uh video description right like uh we got we linked that there and thank you guys so much i love you